Thank you so much for joining us on the LifePoint Church podcast. If you would like to hear more from LifePoint, we encourage you to download the LifePoint app where you can watch sermons, take notes, and follow along in the Bible. If God is using this ministry to impact your life, we would love to hear about it at lifepoint.org forward slash story. Again, thanks for joining us. We hope you are encouraged by today's message. I've been thinking, it's kind of my mind as I was preparing for this message was in back to school mode. Uh, We have three little girls, a 10-year-old, an 8-year-old, a 7-year-old who are now back in Kid Point right now, which if you have kids, you just need to get them back there every week because it's an amazing place because they don't just babysit your kids. They pray over them. They speak life over them. Kids' lives are being changed. Listen, you get your kids back there, and they're going to get Jesus in such a level that they're not going to go through all the crazy stuff you had to go through while you were growing up. Come on, can I get an amen somewhere? It's just an amazing place, and so they're back there hanging out, but it's, it's getting back to school time, you know, and, and we're coming off a of vacation, and we're going to go back home and, and, and get back in that routine, and I'm, I'm really trying to find ways to get my kids excited about school uh, because I don't know about you, but I wasn't very good at school, and I'm not excited about school, and so I've been thinking about things that, are, that make me think good thoughts about school. And I just, I need an amen if you're with me here, if you, if you relate to me. My favorite part of school, are you ready for this? Maybe you remember this in elementary school. My favorite part of school was field day. Is anybody in here? Come on. Field day. What an amazing idea. You don't have to go to class. You get to eat snacks. You get to play games and run and do all of this stuff. And, and field day was a little bit crazy for my family. Like, I don't know if my family's just crazy or if it was just that event. I don't know. But field day was different. I mean, my whole family would show up, y'all. My dad, who lived four hours away, would drive in two days early, and I'd get to go spend two days in the hotel with him, which I thought was amazing, and he would take me to the mall and buy me the brand-new Jordans that just came out and buy me the whole outfit that went with the new Jordans, and my grandma would come, my aunt would take off work, my mom would get my brothers and sister out of school, my cousins would get out of school, and here you are at field day in this little bitty town in South Carolina, and you got a bunch of third, fourth, and fifth graders like walking around, and then you've got my entire family lined down the track like, go Tavner, my grandma, go Big T, go Big T, just intimidating all these little kids, you know, and My event that I'm famous for was the 50-yard dash, and uh, yeah, I got the ribbons to prove it, by the way. And my cousin, he was crazy. Brett was his name. He's a little older than me, and we'd get at the beginning of the the starting line, the 50-yard dash, and all the other kids, you know, they're just like hands in their pockets, kicking the dirt, looking up, waiting for somebody to say something. My, my cousin's in my face, and he's like, are you ready for this? Are you ready for this? Like, he's like pumping me up, getting me psyched up, and I'm like, let's go, let's go. Like, we're really making a scene here. This is no exaggeration, by the way, to make the story a good story. This is the truth. And then he would get in my face, and he'd say, here's what we're going to do. 
I'm going to get to the other end. I'm going to, I'm going to stand right in front of you, and I want you just to lock eyes with me. I mean, just get your eyes on my eyes, and then I want you to run as fast as you can. Don't look around. Don't worry about anybody else. And I want you, as soon as you hear him, start the word go. Like, as soon as you can hear it coming, just take off and start running. Watch my eyes and run as fast as you can. And I'm telling you, it was great advice because I came to make an announcement to you. I am the all-time undefeated, undisputed champion of the 50-yard dash at Concrete Elementary School in Easley, South Carolina. Come on. Let's go. And I, the only reason I told you that story was it really draws a picture in my mind of the conversation that Jesus was having with his disciples here. He's really at this point where he's been with them. He's been leading them. He's been my cousin, like, in their face. Like, are you ready for this? Like, you know, he's been coaching them. They've been able to watch his example. They've been following him around, learning what he does and how he does it. And now he's saying to them, I'm headed to the finish line. Like, I'm going back to heaven. This is where you're coming one day. But here's what I need you to do. I need you to get your eyes on me. I need you to fix your eyes on me. Don't look anywhere else because when you look, you drift. Can I get an amen in this place? I need you to keep your eyes on me. And just here, here, here it is. You ready for this? Go. It's go time. It's go time. And I'm, I just wanted to give you a really simple message today. Uh, because I don't know if you understand this, but you're more important than you think you are. Did you know that LifePoint is one of the fastest growing churches in America? Did you know that LifePoint Church is talked about all over the world? Did you know your pastor is on the big list like with John Maxwell as top leaders and he's speaking at all these big conferences and everywhere he goes in the world, he gets to go because of you? Did you know if you didn't show up, nobody would be asking him to come preach? And this city is changing and your cities where your campus is are changing and things are happening and all of this is happening. Do you know why? It's not because he's a good preacher. It's because you are involved. Did you know the church is not the pastor? The church is the people. I know a lot of times we think of church as this almost like a movie theater where we're going to come get our seat and watch the guy on stage do a song and dance and if it's good we'll come back and if it's not we won't and amen or whatever. But can I tell you something? You play a part in this and we're coming upon a season we're about to start a new series called Revival, and we're getting into this fall season where people really get back into a groove and get back in church, and we get into the holidays, and they start reminiscing and thinking that they may need something a little bit more. But can I tell you something? The way that these campuses are going to fill up and more services are going to be starting and more families are going to be changed and more marriages are going to be rescued and more people are going to be healed, do you know how that happens? It happens when you take a step to be to somebody what they need in their life. Did you know that? Did you know this is not what changes people? This is the moment where maybe something that's said sparks something in them to go change, but where the change started was where the relationship started, where the person that invited them started. So I wanted to give a message today that really gave you some handles to walk out of here knowing that you're the church. 
So I'm at the Fred campus, so in Fredericksburg, you're the church. And if you're at the Spotsy campus in Spotsy, you're the church. Culpeper, you're the church. Richmond, you're the church. Everywhere else, because you're in so many places, I don't even know all the names. I wrote them down, but I'm not going to go look at them right now. <laughs> you're the church. So my, what I'm saying to you is I'm looking at you and I'm saying, are you ready for this? Are you ready for this? It's time to go. It's go time. Come on, say, it's go time. Come on, say, it's go time. And so, I, real easy, real easy, so you couldn't forget. I just spelled out my points, or two points, I spell out the word go. Because I wanted you really to be able to take this, and even if you didn't take notes, I wanted it to impact you in such a way that you walked out of here with a, on a mission to impact others. So the first thing that I think you got to realize as I spell out the word go, the letter G, is this. we got to get to the place in here where we really get eternity. Do you know what I mean by that? Like, I mean it this way. Like, sometimes I don't think we get it. we got to get eternity. And I understand. Like, I live in this world, too. I struggle with this, too. We are in such a culture that everything is built around us and our flesh and our bodies. But did you know you're more than a body? You're actually an eternal being called a spirit that just lives in a body. And, and, and you operate here in the earth. You're kind of controlled by your mind. And because we live in our body, this is what we see. This is what we can touch. This is what we can feel. This is what our senses can make sense of then usually our thoughts and actions revolve around this. That's what all our decisions are over, right? And so you're sitting there in Walmart looking at the picture of whatever actor or actress that they have on the magazine thinking, man, I wish I had an eight-pack like that, or man, I wish my hair looked like that, or I wish I weighed that, or I wish I drove that car, or I wish I lived in that house, or I wish I had that job, or I wish I made that much money, or I wish my hair looked like that, or like this, or all of these things, and really what we think about, talk about, work towards, live for in our life usually revolves around something temporary. Right? Because we don't really get eternity. Because God's this invisible guy, I've never seen him. And heaven's this invisible place that I've never seen. But I can see my wife and I have to be a good husband and I'm going to work towards this and I can see my job and I want a promotion and I can see this and this and this. And so we get focused on all of that and we miss that it's bigger than that. We got to get eternity and in order to do that, that's the first thing we have to realize is this. We will live forever. Y'all remember old school? Remember you used to say stuff like YOLO. Supposed to stand for you only live once. And I agree with that. You do only live once. It's just for a really long time. <laughs> I got any 90s kids in here? You'll get this reference from the Sandlot. Forever. <laughs> Eternity. Eternity. That when 10 quadrillion years have passed, it will only be the beginning. 
What's a quadrillion? Well, a thousand thousand is a million, a thousand million is a billion, a thousand billion is a trillion, and a thousand trillion is a quadrillion. So in 10,000 trillion years, which that's a long time, you will just be in the beginning of 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 eternity. That's how long our spirit being lives. We have to get eternity. Matter of fact, I wanted you to get it so much, I thought maybe I'm a visual learner. Maybe it'll help if I bring a visual with me. And so I brought this rope. Just a simple illustration. It's, a, it's really a 30-foot rope. But I wanted it to represent eternity. So in our illustration, this is forever. And I want you to see this little bitty red spot that I put tape on the end. You know what that is? That's your entire lifespan. If you live 100 years, and I pray that you do. I pray that you're healthy. I pray that you're blessed. I pray that your kids are blessed. I pray that you experience so many things that you wanted to experience. I pray that you live a full life, and I pray you get everything out of life, and you live as old as anybody's ever lived in your family. But even if you do, there will come a time where this body dies, and that spirit moves on, and it lives in eternity somewhere, and eternity is this really long white part of the rope. And if you live to be 100, this is your lifespan. Now I wanted to ask you a question. If you had a project going that you needed some rope, right? You're going to haul something, you need to tie some stuff down, or you're building something and you need to rope some stuff up, and whatever it is, and, and you had the opportunity to come to me and purchase some rope, and it's expensive rope. I'm going to charge you everything you have for this piece of rope. And I give you a choice. I'm going to cut it right here at this red part, and you can have this little red piece, or you can have the entire long rope. Which one do you buy from me? You buy the whole big long piece, right? So let me ask you a question. Why is it then, if we know in that scenario that if I need something that can really help me, that really matters, that can really do something, I don't pay attention to the really little bitty insignificant piece. I pour everything and invest everything in the really long big piece that makes a difference. Why can we figure that out about doing a project at home with rope, but we can't figure it out with eternity and we end up investing everything we have in the most insignificant piece? Our time, our money, our thoughts, our relationships, everything we do, we pour into this little bitty, tiny, insignificant section that we call our life. And if we could really get eternity, we would realize that all of our real big decisions are made based off the smallest part of what matters. If we could burn this in our brains, I think it could be different how we acted when we left here. If we could get eternity. If we could realize we're going to live forever. But really, we got to realize this. Listen, don't miss this. We, get, we will live forever. Somewhere. Listen. I know that it's not very popular to talk about this stuff anymore. But I want you to hear 
the context in which I want to talk to you about where you spend eternity today. I want to talk to you out of the context of love. Matter of fact, let me share a verse with you really quick. John 3.36. He who believes in the Son has everlasting life. Did you know that's what God wants for you? Did you know that God wants you to have everlasting life? Did you know there's a verse in John, John 10, 10, that says he has come, even though the enemy has come to steal, kill, and destroy, Jesus came so you could have life to the fullest measure possible or life abundantly? Did you know that God's plan for you is not to punish you, not to hurt you? He's not out to get you. He's not a mean guy out there with a baseball bat wanting to trip you up and knock you down. He's not after you and every little mistake you make. Matter of fact, he's an eternal being that does not live in time with us. He lives outside of time. So he has seen your life from beginning to end. He knows everything you ever have done and ever will do. He knew it before you were ever born and even then still chose to die a bloody death on the cross for you. He knew you were going to curse him, say you didn't believe in him. He knew you were going to try to run from him. But can I encourage you? How can you run from a being that is omnipresent? Can I just help you out? You think you're running from Jesus, but whenever you get to where you are, no matter how bad of a place it is, he's already there waiting on you with open arms. Matter of fact, the Bible says, even if you make your bed in hell, he will come to get you. That's what the Bible says, because he's a God that loves you, and he's a God that wants life for you. He wants to spend eternity with you. Listen, he doesn't just want you to get to heaven. He wants you to experience heaven while you're here. And then he wants to spend eternity with you in a place called heaven. Because we will spend eternity somewhere and there's only two choices. It's a place called heaven and there's a place called hell. And before you shut me down, when I say the word hell, I want you to hear this. God has never sent anybody to hell. Well, how can a loving God send anybody to hell? He doesn't. Well, why would he do that? No, he made hell not for people. He made hell for the devil and all of his, enemy, and all of his demons. But the devil doesn't want to go alone, and so he created this counterfeit culture to get us to buy into so that we would ignore the kingdom culture. God has never, listen, you got to hear this statement. God has never sent anybody to hell. People have chosen to go there. God has done everything in his power and ability for people not to have to go there, including sending his own son to die for them, for you. He wants you. But the reality is that there's two choices that we have. We can give our life to Christ and spend eternity with Him in heaven, a place of peace, a place of joy, a place of healing, a place of wholeness, a place where there is no more fear, there is no more tears, there is no more anxiety, there is no more depression, there is no more suicide, there is no more just brokenness there's nothing but the fullness of who he is and how amazing he is and how perfect he is or there's this other place separation not only is his present absence but the presence of evil is overwhelming it's a place of utter darkness a place of torment and pain, a place where for all eternity, those quadrillion years that were just beginning, you would still spend the rest 
tormented, not only in the pain you feel, but in your mind as you replay over and over and over every opportunity you had that God came to get you that you said no. Because indecision is a decision. And what we have to realize, guys, is this. It's bigger than what kind of car you drive. It's bigger than what title you had. It's bigger than what girl or guy liked you. It's bigger than could you sing or not sing. It's bigger than did they think you were cute or not cute. It's bigger than did you have status. It's bigger than did you have success. It's about were you significant. And here's how you define significance. What did I do? that lasts for eternity. We got to get it. We got to get it. If we don't get it, we pour all of our valuables into the wrong place. We got to get eternity. Here's the next thing, though, that we got to understand. Some spelling go. G, we got to get eternity. O, we got to realize that getting this message out, that reaching people around us, that making a difference is our responsibility. I, <clears throat> I know, well, well, let me just read you this verse real quick. Luke 12, 48. But the one who does not know and does things deserving punishment will be beaten with a few blows. Do you know what that's saying? It's saying even the people that don't know are still going to be held responsible. From everyone who has been given much, much will be demanded. And from the one who has been entrusted with much, much more will be asked. Can I just tell you something? If you know Jesus and you have the answer for all things... You have Jesus, the answer. He is the answer, and he lives on you. You know, if you're saved, you have the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead living on the inside of you. Did you know that? Did you know when you get Jesus, you get all of who he is? And when he introduced himself, he said, I am. Do you know what that means? It means I am everything you would ever need. His, his name, Jehovah Jireh, my provider. Jehovah Rapha, he is my healer. Jehovah Shalom, he is my peace. Jehovah Sidkenu, he is my righteousness. Like, I could go on and on and on about the name El Elohim, the name most high, the name above every other name, and it's at his name that every knee bows and every tongue confesses. Did you know his name is above every name? The na Listen, we have things that are just names in our life that we are bowing to that he said had to bow at his name. Depression is just a name. It has to bow. Anxiety is just a name. It has to bow. Cancer is just a name. It has to bow. Insecurity is just a name. It has to bow. Addiction is just a name. It has to bow. Divorce is just a name. It has to bow. Anger is just a name. It has to bow. But it only bows to his name. That means this. That means if we know Jesus and we have that spirit and we have the answer and we have the name, that at that name everything will bow. But we also have friends who are getting beaten by those names and we never offer to them the answer. 
It's our responsibility. Do you know why we don't offer the answer? Because we don't get eternity. Because we would rather them like us. Because we don't want to offend anybody. I think it would be way more offensive to have to stand and watch them get thrown into outer darkness in eternity than it would be to have a loving conversation that God gives you the opportunity to have because he puts you in their life for that reason. It's our responsibility, y'all. Well, I've been praying for now my neighbor for 10 years. And? And somehow, we're so, some way, we're expecting Jesus to come down and knock on their door. And Jesus is like, I've already done my part. I got beaten for nothing. I didn't do anything. I was innocent. But I got beaten and nailed to a cross, and they ripped my beard out, and they spit in my face, and they stabbed me through my side into my heart, and they whipped me with a cat of nine tails, and my guts were hanging out, and they put me in a grave, and I got back up, and I paid for people's sins, and now I'm sitting on the right hand of my father. I've done my part. Now, here's the deal. You said, God, save my neighbors. I answered your prayer. I made you their neighbor. And you have the answer, and you can be a witness to them, and you can knock on the door, and you can cut their grass, and you can be kind, and you can say you like their kids, and you can make a relationship with them, and you can invite them over for a cookout. I did my part. Now take responsibility. If I was at my church about right now, I would say, I'm preaching. Because it's our responsibility. Right? Because guess what? Pastor Daniel, Pastor Tavner, Pastor Tammy, Pastor Sean, whoever else stands in any of these pulpits, guess what? They're not the only preacher in the room. You're the preachers too. St. Francis said it this way, at all times preach the gospel. And when necessary, use words. Do you know what that means? That means live your life in such a way that you take responsibility, that when your neighbor sees you pull out with LifePoint sticker on the back, it don't make them think, what a hypocrite. It makes them think, man, wonder what they're getting at that place that makes them act the way they do because their marriage has peace. I don't ever hear yelling at their house. Their kids seem happy. They don't have to come home and drown themselves in alcohol because they're so stressed out. They seem to have joy all the time. Man, something is going on over there. Maybe you won't even have to knock on their door. Maybe they'll come over there. Can you take me to your church? Because we take responsibility. We've been given much. We've got the answer, y'all. We've got the answer. Hey. I didn't even touch it. If we're going to take responsibility, that's the first thing that we have to understand, though, is that every day matters. Every day matters. Every day matters. Every day. I'm going to say it one more time. Every day matters. Every day. You know what's cool? People can get saved. People's lives can be changed on other days besides Sunday. 
People's lives can be changed at other places besides these auditoriums that we're in. Matter of fact, did you know that uh, in April two years ago, I was driving down the road. It's February two years ago. I was driving down the road, and I just picked up my daughters from ballet. Danielle took two of them. I took one of them, not ballet, gymnastics. We were driving home. I was listening to Elevation Worship. I was listening to Resurrecting. I don't know if you've ever heard that song. If you've not heard it, you need to go check it out. It's really good. We were just jamming. I looked in my rearview mirror. My six-year-old daughter at the time was crying. And the Lord impressed in my heart, spoke to me and said, if you pull over, I'm dealing with your daughter right now. I want to save her soul. If you pull over, you can lead her to the Lord right now. I pulled my truck over, put it in park, turned around. She was crying, and we got to talking about what was going on. She really explained to me that she understood what Jesus did for her and that she knew she needed him. And in that moment, on like a Thursday in February, on the side of the road in my pickup truck, guess what? My six-year-old daughter gave her heart to Jesus Christ. It wasn't a Sunday. We weren't in church. Nobody was preaching. We just got done with gymnastics. Do you know why? Because every day matters. Do you know why? Because every day could be somebody's one day. The one day where everything changes. Remember that day that everything changed in your life? Remember that day when you found Jesus? Remember that day when everything began to shift? I know it didn't change overnight, but it was a starting point. I remember, man, when I was, when I was a teenager, I was just a... You know, I was going through a lot. When my mom and dad split up, I had some issues. And I got kicked out of three schools in one year. And none of the schools in my city would take me. And there was kind of a school that was for kids that nobody wanted. And, and I, I got put in that school. And it was run by some Christians. And they would have people come and do these chapel services. And I remember it was a normal day. It's February 15th, 1994. It's a random day. Day after Valentine's Day. Big deal. What's so special about that day? But I showed up and it was chapel time and a guy named Dave Spevy came, old Marine. You've never heard of him. You've never read a book of his. You've never heard a podcast of his. You've never been on a news channel talking about the Lord. You've never seen him or heard of him anywhere. Matter of fact, he doesn't even know that I exist, I don't think. But I remember on that day, he gave a message and I didn't even make the decision in the service. It was later that day when I couldn't get it off my heart. I asked my teacher to come in another room. And it was at 12.35 p.m. on February 15th, 1994, that I gave my life to Jesus. And everything changed in my life. Do you know what? What if Dave would have just woke up and like, no, nah, I'm tired. I'm not doing this today. What if he was all about the crowds and he was like, "Nah, there's only 30 kids over there. That ain't worth my time. What if he would have had something more? No, do you know what he woke up and said? He woke up and said, every day matters. And there's some kids over there, and he doesn't even know. He spoke, nobody came down to his altar call, and he left. He probably left thinking he didn't make any difference. But now, 20-something years after that day, guess what? I lead a church of thousands of people. I travel the world and speak to tens of thousands of people. Thousands of people have given their life to Christ. It's not me boasting in me. It's me saying it's because God used somebody who figured out that every day mattered and they were willing to be what they needed to be every single day. What if Monday wasn't the Monday blues, but Monday was the opportunity for you to reach your coworker?
Every day matters. Seeing if I could do it again. (laughs) Every person matters. Every person matters. When you realize that every person matters, you realize that your boss is not just a random person in your life. And so maybe you don't hate him as much or hate her as much. Maybe the drama queen on the other side of the office that stirs up everything, maybe you don't want to take her outside and beat her at lunchtime. Do you know what I'm talking about? Let's be real. We have those feelings, right? If, maybe you don't bad talk everybody when you come home to your family that's at work or at school or wherever you do your life because if you realize that every person matters, you would go in there and they wouldn't just be your boss anymore. They would be a person with an eternal being living on the inside of them that will live forever somewhere and today could be the day that God puts you in their life to impact them and they matter. Are they a jerk? Yeah, probably, but who isn't? You're a jerk sometimes. I'm a jerk sometimes. Do you know why? Because every fruit has a root. Because we are all broken and we are all dealing with stuff. And it comes out in different ways in all of us. And we make excuses for ourselves, but we hold other people accountable and we don't let them off the hook. And my question would be, how many people, how many people's eternities are in the balance because we can't get past our selfishness and realize that they matter? Can I just say this? And I just want to say it. And I hope I don't get in trouble for saying this. But Pastor loves me and I think he'll forgive me. Can I just say this? Like, I just want to say out loud on TV all across the world and right here in this church, to hell with racism. Can I just say that right now? To hell with elitism. To hell with all of this stuff where we pick people that are different than us and we don't like them and we treat them different because of the color of their skin or the amount of money in their bank account or their sexual orientation or whatever it is that they're dealing with. And we think, because I'm not like you, then there's something different. There's a gap in between us. Guys, can I tell you, red and yellow, black and white, we are precious in his sight. God loves all of us. White, black, Hispanic. Hey, God loves Republicans. God loves Democrats. God loves Trump lovers. God loves Obama lovers. God loves people who don't care that are independents. God loves young. God loves old. God loves gay people. God loves straight people. God loves everybody. It doesn't mean he approves of everybody's lifestyles, but he loves everybody and he wants us to love everybody. Every person matters. Every person. They stink. They hadn't had a bath. All they want is your money. It doesn't matter. They matter. They spend eternity somewhere. They stand on the side of the road with a sign that says, we'll work for food. Maybe it's true or not. I don't know their whole background, but I know this. They have an eternal being on the inside of them that spends their life, their eternity somewhere. Every person matters. Every person matters. Here's the last thing I want to tell you, though. That every God command matters. And I'm not just talking about the Ten Commandments. I'm talking about the things that God is asking you to do to reach the people that he's put you in in their life to reach. 
Do you know your whole perspective could change? Your whole perspective could change if you realized I'm not going to complain about my family, my coworkers, my friends, or the life that I'm living because it's on purpose for a purpose. God has dropped me here to be an answer to people that have eternal beings living on the inside. If you woke up with that perspective, you wouldn't be as grumpy. You would love your life because you would wake up on assignment every day. And you would be waiting like this. All right, God, just tell me what to do. Tell me what to do. Every God command matters. I'm going to close with a story. It was a pastor that I really like I keep up with I watch him all the time I'm sharing the story about when he was at a preaching a conference and he, he got done toward the end of his message and he just looked down and he right to his left he saw this uh, older woman and he said the Lord just impressed in my heart just to just to confirm in you that you're going to help young ladies be persistent and believe for their husbands who are lost and don't know the Lord And he said that lady just started crying, I mean, just all out weeping. And after the service, the pastor brought that lady up and he said, I just wanted her to share her story with you. He said, man, I really wanted to hear because I saw how you responded. I wanted to know what was going on. She said, well, I had a a husband I was married to for 45 years and he never knew Jesus. She said, I prayed for him every day. I fasted for him in seasons. I had other people pray for him. I came to church. I lived a godly life in front of him. And I I just was believing that God would save him. And one day he went on a business trip to Florida and I got a call that he died in a car wreck. She said, for months I was angry. I was bitter. I didn't understand. I would ask God. I did everything that I was supposed to do. Why didn't you save him? She said about three months after he died, she got a phone call from a businessman in Florida that was asking for her husband by name. And she said, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but my husband passed away in a car wreck on such and such date. And after she said the date that he died, the man responded. He said, I don't want to pry. I don't want to be insensitive, but I noticed the date you told me. Where did he die? And she said the name of the town. And he said, well, I'm so glad I called. He said, I'm actually a businessman that lives in that city. He said, matter of fact, uh, I'm giving you this information as context. I'm not trying to brag. I'm just giving you this information. He said, but I'm the wealthiest businessman in the city. He, He said, I actually own one of the high rises. It's got my name on the top. He said, I drive up to work today in a couple hundred thousand dollar car. I wear thousands of dollar suits and my shoes cost thousands of dollars. He said, I'm telling you this so you'll understand. He said, one day I pulled up in the parking lot and got out of my car that cost a couple hundred thousand dollars and I was walking in the building and I heard the voice of the Lord. He said, I love the Lord. He said, I really felt impressed in my heart like the Lord said, climb the fence at the edge of your property, walk down the grassy hill and stand at the interstate and hitchhike. And he said, I really thought I was crazy at first. He said, but then I thought, I couldn't even come up with this. So this must be the Lord. And so I'm going to do it. And he said, my people were watching out the window as their CEO climbed the fence in his suit and walked down the grassy hill and started hitchhiking on the highway. 
She said, this man picked me up and I didn't even know what to say. I just knew that I was supposed to get in the car and he said, where do you want to go? And I told him, wherever you're going, I'll just go. And he said, I started up a conversation about God. And he said, by the time we got where we were going, the man that was driving me was weeping and crying and I led him to the Lord that day. He said, I just wanted you to know that was your husband that accepted Jesus that day. He said, I just wanted you to know the Lord was having me call you so that you would know your prayers were answered and that he's in heaven with the Lord. Can I just tell you something? We have to obey every God command. Do you know why? Because people's eternities are at stake. I know it may sound crazy. I know it may seem awkward to walk up to somebody and say, could I invite you to church? I know you've never handed them a graphic before. You've never left one for your server before. You've never knocked on your neighbor's door. You've never asked somebody at Walmart, could you pray for them? But can I tell you something? When that impression comes in you, and you know it's something you would never come up with on your own. you got to obey those. Do you know why? Because people's eternities are at stake. Here's my question. What if he never climbs the fence and sticks his thumb out? What if you never knock on your neighbor's door? What if you never learn to love your coworker? What if you never quit being a jerk of a husband and start being a godly husband? What if you never listen to the command? Well, how do I know if it's God? You'll know. None of us want to go have weird conversations. So if you think, I need to go over there and lay my hands on that guy's shoulder and pray for him, you didn't think of that, and the devil ain't telling you to go pray for him. So who else is it? Right? You're standing in line at Walmart and you have this thought. Buy this person's groceries behind you and then just give them an invitation to Life Point. I wonder if that's the Lord or if that's me. You don't want to spend your money on a stranger. Of course it's the Lord. It's those promptings that he gives us that you will notice. Listen, don't miss this. You will notice if you begin listening, they come every day. He will use you in such an amazing way. And your life will not just be successful, it will be significant. Because you may not see the fruit of your obedience in that moment, but do you know what you'll see? One day you're going to get to heaven and there's going to be a line of people that said, thanks for giving me that card. I actually showed up to one of the campuses. Or thanks for giving me that invitation. I didn't even go to that church, but it got me thinking about church. And I went to my mom's church for, for Mother's Day, and I ended up hearing a message, and God saved my heart. And I never saw you again, but I'm here because of what you did. Or thank you for knocking on my door. I know I was a jerk and didn't come to your church, but we moved from my job, and this other person invited me, and my wife had told me I was a jerk to you, so I decided not to be a jerk to them, and I went to their church, and God got a hold of my heart, and my whole family and generations are different because you knocked on my door one day. You may not see the fruit, but you're not responsible for the fruit. You're just responsible to sow the seed. And if you'll do it, God can change everything. Could we do something really quick at all our locations and then I'm closing? Could we just stand to our feet? But as we do, when you get up to your feet, don't grab your phone, dig for anything. Just bow your head and close your eyes when you stand up. If you're physically able at all locations, just stand up and bow your head and close your eyes because I really felt like I was supposed to end this way.
I've given you a challenge on what to do when you leave to really get eternity and really take responsibility. But do you know the only way you can really do that is if you have a personal relationship with Jesus yourself? You know, every one of us is created with this big hole in us. And I say it's a God-shaped hole because he's the only one that can fill it properly. I was doing this princess puzzle with my daughters and you put the puzzle up and look at the picture and try and put it together and by the end we were missing one piece of it and we never got to finish it so the, the puzzle never looked like the picture because it was missing a piece. And I could have tried, tried and put anything in there and it would have never filled it because the only thing that would have made the picture complete was the piece that was made to go there. Did you know that's your life with God? Like you have this piece of you that the only way your life is complete is when he becomes that piece. I know you're trying it with drinking, with drugs, with relationships, with promotions and money, with whatever, whatever it is. You can name it. It's different for all of us. And you know what? Everything you try, you end up months down the road laying in your bed thinking this doesn't work. I just feel God in this place. Some of you are dealing with depression. Some of you have anxiety out the roof right now. Do you know why? Because everything you're trying is not working. But God brought you here today to give you the answer. Here's the answer. The answer is just to raise your hand and say, God, I want you. It's not nothing big. It doesn't mean you got to move away and be a missionary somewhere. It means that you just surrender. You just say, I'm tired of trying to fill this myself. I need you. That's how simple it is, guys. And here's what I'm going to do with heads bowed and eyes closed. At all our locations, if that's you, here's what I want to do. I'm not calling you forward. I don't want to embarrass you. We've dimmed the lights. Nobody's looking. If that's you and you say, I need that God-sized peace in me. I need that. I want to surrender. If that's you, don't be intimidated. Don't hesitate. When I say three, I want you just to raise your hand. One, two, three. Throw your hands up. Wow. Wow. There's probably... 75 to 100 hands here at the Fredericksburg campus. And I know there's hands going up all over the place at all of these other campuses. God's doing something. You can put your hands down. Now the hands are down. Can you look at me? The Bible says this. It's this simple. The Bible says if you believe in your heart and then confess with your mouth, you'll be in relationship with the God who created you. Isn't that amazing? Like, Check this out. I mean, what if you drove, what if you drove a Ford and then you lived next door to the guy who was in charge of making all the Fords? You would have nothing to worry about because the guy who made what you were driving, you had accessibility to him every single day. Guess what? That's what's about to happen. The one that made you, you're about to have on the inside of you every single day with complete access to tell you how everything works and what you should do. It's going to be amazing for you. All you, we got to do is confess. The fact that you raised your hand in front of a bunch of strangers says you believe. Now we can confess. So here's what we're going to do. Life Point Church. We're going to do it together out loud because we want this hundred people here and however many people everywhere else to know that welcome home isn't just something we say, it's the culture that we live at this house here at LifePoint, that you're family now, that we got your back, that we did this here too, and it changed everything. So here's what I want to do. Come on, just pray this with me. Everybody that raised your hand and everybody else, say this. Say, Jesus, today I give my life completely 
to you. I surrender. I believe you died. You rose again and you're alive. Come live in me. Cleanse me. Forgive me. Save me. Now say this real loud. Say, I declare that my life will never be the same because starting now, I am your child. Amen. Come on, let's raise